I want to expose this whole, um, you know, fraudulent behavior. And the yeah. reason I really badly want to do it is because I sit there and I analyze every single letter I put into my content mm. because that's how you get, you know, viral after viral after viral after viral. Taslim is a refugee Australian that went from delivering pizzas to managing 100 million plus contracts within a decade. Tired of the corporate life much like me, he pivoted towards content creation and is currently building one of the fastest growing personal brands on LinkedIn. Welcome to Innovative Minds. I'm super excited to have top guests now coming on to share their content creation journey, their personal life, their story, because people love hearing, you know, how you got from zero to X and I love telling it and I love sort of just pulling apart people's content strategy who have done super well on this channel on LinkedIn that I have fallen in love with. So welcome um, to Sleem to this podcast and I'm excited to get into it with you. Thank you. Super awesome uh, to be here and uh, you're going to have to get someone to interview you soon as well because you're killing it there as well. Uh, I'm just following on from you guys, you know, the young, <laughs> young But So um, thank you. So I really want to know about you personally because, you know, I've actually started, you know, consuming your content and I was like, okay, are you working in corporate, because sometimes you talk about that and you talk about bosses, and I really relate to that myself, you know, being in corporate and having transitioned into my own business, you know, I really feel you and I couldn't ever do my LinkedIn because yeah. the whole corporate thing, you know, was always like against me and it was like putting me down. So I guess I just wanted to catch up and know, you know, where are you at right now? Yeah, what so I am, um, I am over two years out of corporate now, uh, but a, a majority of the, so I, I'm 29 years old. So, but the majority of the time that I've worked has uh, been in corporate. Um, it was by accident. It wasn't really by design. Um, I basically came to Australia when I was 19 year old as a refugee by myself. So no family, nothing, oh. just me by myself. And then uh, I tried to find my way around, did a lot of odd jobs, um, started with delivering pages, and then somehow got into um, the security business, which is something that like a lot of the people that are doing odd jobs end up in. It's like, it's, mm. like, it's mm. what everyone does in Australia. So mm. um, I was lucky enough then that I was selected by a manager to become a supervisor. And then I just started, uh, I was just blessed. I started getting uh, promotions after promotions and I, within like a year I moved into corporate and oh. I started off with rostering um, and then I went to build the biggest rostering center for any security company in Australia. Um, but hold on a minute take me back to this refugee place this is super yeah, yeah, interesting sure, sure. so so yeah. you come here by yourself like so yeah. where where are you leaving from like what's you know where is your family yeah. like what's going on? So I am originally from Pakistan oh. and uh, yeah, that's, that's where all my family was at the time that I left. Now I've got sisters Which part? in Germany. I've like got... Kashmir or, you know? No, no. So, so uh, Lahore, yeah. oh. the big, so the big city where all the spices food is. So, you know, <laughs> I was in Lahore two times and I ran oh, a wow. software business there. Yeah. That is awesome. I had no idea. Yeah. Um, so I had a team of about 20 people over there and I traveled there, um, and, you know, did business over there and your Pakistan consulate actually sends me still mangoes every year from Pakistan <laughs> until now, which is super sweet. So I really got into the Pakistan culture and I went and visited a lot of the universities there and kind of really wow. understood there's such a big, um, issue in education there and, and, you know, how the university system is supporting people to actually go into corporate and to even work in freelance. Like the missing part is really prevalent. So, you know, I got kind of really into that and thought how can that be solved? So because wow. I'm Bangladeshi as well and we had like a, you know, few so that people were really like confused, 
if I'm Pakistani or Bangladeshi, but, you know, I just thought really superb talent coming up and um, saw a huge opportunity, particularly in software, you would know, uh, yeah. exceptional as a community. So, Absolutely. yeah, that's that's what yeah, happened. Not, so not I got- for me, though. Um- <laughs> Uh, I'm, uh, I'm 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 what you, what they call an absconder. <laughs> yeah. away, so like <laughs> I'm not really that welcome. I've only been there once in uh, I think about nine ten years. Um, yeah. And the the if what well, if since I think you do like the personal touch on your podcast, I've only seen my parents once in like nine years, and I left them when I was like a teenager. So. Uh, I wow. kind of really miss it. But, yeah, I'm planning on oh. going back soon. Um, so are they and, in Pakistan then? Are they yeah. in Lahore still? Um, oh, wow. Yeah, they, they've moved now to Islamabad. Um, yeah, they, okay. they keep moving from Islamabad to Lahore. That's the two cities we've basically been in. But, yeah, so see, now I'm in the field. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, originally from Pakistan, and um, I was about 19 when I got here. And then uh, I – so I was raised in a very – obviously conservative manner where uh, you've been taught that what you need to do is go get a degree and so to in order to get that you need to work hard get good grades yes. so i i Same. always used to get yeah I, I always used to get you know super awesome i never got a b in my life so when i did my gcses <laughs> i got straight a's then i did my a levels i got straight a's and then um when i got here i got into the university of sydney to study law which is um I found that it was very it was very appeasing for my ego, and uh, mm. I, I could I could feel like oh I'm worth something because you know I'm I'm studying law at the best university that I could find. Yes, but yes. Um, it turned out that that's not really what I wanted to do. <laughs> and uh, it's about halfway through it, I just I just couldn't keep up with the snobbery. I was like I can't I can't do this. Like I'm not a uh, you know rich white person who doesn't have to worry about what to do. And, you know, every, your, your tuition's paid and you just go to the college mm. and you play around with your other mates and then that's it, your law degree's done. So my life was very different. And so I was like, look, this is not what I want to do. I also s- sort of foreshadowed legal life. And so I was like, I don't want to really bend to a partner until I am one for about 15 years of my life in my youth. And like, yeah. it's, 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 it's hard work and you have to be very conscientious to be able to do it. And so yeah. I was self-aware enough to realize, look, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to do that. I'm not going to be able that to would go have been, bring ten- That would have been super hard, though, because you're thinking, God, what, is my parents going to think of me? And, oh. you know, I've come here, you know, like I can just imagine. Like I did I an accounting them- degree because <laughs> I just did it for my parents yeah. just so they can be like. I feel you because my my dad's a chartered accountant. So I originally wanted to do accountancy as well. Um, and I tried doing like basic credit debit and I just got it all wrong. And my dad's like, no, 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 you like talking. You should become a lawyer. And I was like, yeah, that's a, that's a good idea. So I gave it a go in my A-levels and I, I got I got A in law. And I thought, oh, I'm talented. I can do this. Mm. And then, you know, you see, uh, I think I saw, I don't know, it was a couple of legal shows later on the degree as well, like suits and stuff. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. I could do that. But yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't for me, and I'm just super glad that I realized it. Even though I, I think I might have accrued about a hundred grand in hex debt. So, <laughs> so right. yeah, right. Yeah. So oh, you... Not anymore. I paid it all off. But it, that's what I was doing to please my parents and society's notions of what I should be doing. Right. Yeah. So you got to Australia. So what age? At nineteen, then. Yeah. Okay, and then you went. To you, Sid, pretty much straight. Yeah, 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 straight away. So when, okay, and um, and then you left. You said, like, at what point? A year in or two two years in? So I was I was still working when I was studying because I had to like I I needed money, and um, I but I quit about three three and a half years in. Um, so I was almost done with my degree, but I just knew that. I, can't, I don't want to finish this because I don't want to enter that field. Got it, got and my, it. And what I want to do is business. Yes, yes. Yeah. So so now fast forward into corporate life, which you were telling me about, you accelerate quickly, you get promoted um, one after the other. And I've had a very similar journey to yours. I'm a bit older than you, so, you know, but I also had, I didn't drop out of uni because I just had, I knew my parents needed to see that 
thing, you know, the paper and then hold and then take the photo. So um, <laughs> unfortunately I couldn't get around that part because I lived in Australia, you know. So um, to, <laughs> to, to get into yeah. corporate life and then you're accelerating, you're seeing the, you know, the issue, so you're right sort of promoted, promoted, promoted. Then what's next? What happens? Okay, so um, the big thing that happened, to be honest, because like I said, I, I, I had a, I, even though I knew that my, what I really want to do is something creative and business related, and I was doing those things in the middle as well. So while I was in corporate, I was also, I also started a food catering system for like brown people because I realized there's not enough, you know, biryanis and yeah. stuff. So yeah. I opened up this <laughs> company called Cooker Meals. Um, yeah. It was the first formalized brown people meal service and it was just so good. Uh, we actually grew pretty fast, but to be able to properly establish the business, we had to invest a certain amount of money into a professional kitchen so that we can mm. certify everything properly. At that point, we were just renting kitchens and it had become such mm. a headache. So yeah. I... Uh, basically at that time called the shot that look I am not yet ready to put in you know two hundred thousand dollars because I don't have them and the only way I could do it is I have to take a loan out and I can't do that so I was like okay look I'll just try to do this corporate with a bit more um, focus and so I did that and then I went from a rostering manager to a rostering supervisor for three thousand people and then I, from there, I went to someone that set up an entire national operation system. Then from there, I went to someone that did all the planning for a 6,000-person security company. Um, but then what happened was that we had a – so I kept growing up in the ranks, and eventually where I ended up was I was looking after the security for all of Sydney trains, which, as you can imagine, because I'm telling you this because you live in Sydney, so that was mm-hmm. – it was a super big thing. Um, the last person that was doing that was like 55 years old. And when I was doing that, I was like 25. And so people were yes. like, how is this boy looking after this? But because I had been in the ranks for a while and this, the people knew me, I was fortunate enough that I ended up in that position. So I met a lot of great people there. I met the CEO of Sydney Trains and, you know, all of them. So worked on that, learned a lot about how government works, strict compliances and stuff like that. You would know some from ANZ. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, then the company that we had built with all our heart merged with a Singaporean company and that massively changed the the culture of the business, which sort of, again, I couldn't, I just couldn't stand that for a lot of reasons, reasons right. I won't really delve into too much right now, but it just became a culture that wasn't really something that I had grown up in. And it was right. also not something that I was looking to stay in. So I decided, okay, look, I need to get out. Um, right. I've learned what I've learned. And sure, how long can... ago was this? How long ago was this happening? Is this so? So years? this was about this was about four-ish years ago, three and a half, okay. four-ish years ago. Okay. Yeah, this is yep. when this yep. is when that happens. And so then I'm in there, and I'm like, okay, what do I do? I don't. I I I obviously need to earn money, and uh, I need to do something with my life. And I was like, okay, well, look, I'm I'm in a good position right now because I've been earning good money for a long time. Um, I don't really have any dependence or anything. I mean, at that time, I didn't. And so then mm. I was like, okay, let's now do something. Let's start a business. And so mm. <laughs> me being the the the. I don't like the with the creative flair that I try to put mm. out. I decided mm. the best thing that I can do. Mm-hmm. is open up a bubble tea shop <laughs> and <laughs> and so um i don't know if it was because i was addicted to them at that time <laughs> or, or i don't know why but i was like okay this is a good idea so i sat down i did some of the feasibility you know i'm like okay look the numbers match everything's great um i would love making some new drinks because I, at that time i was super angry at the biggest part uh, biggest bubble tea producers and like <laughs> 
the biggest bubble tea company, which is Chat Time here in yes, Sydney. Yes. I was like, no, nah, man, yes. these I could, I'm paying so much money, and all I'm getting <laughs> is literally toilet water. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's it's either powder or it's like just a little bit of syrup in you know tap water. Like I should yeah. be getting more. And so I was like, you know, why don't I do that for the people? So I made this business called Party. Um, yeah. And I went the retail route. I was because I was like, I want to establish a brick and mortar business uh, oh. you know that's that's i took that on as a as a challenge okay. i didn't know how much of a challenge it would be <laughs> it was, it was oh. so hard I, but I, I still enjoyed it and yes we had we had a massive launch so i opened up a bubble tea shop here in uh ride in metabank um, right I yes found, and, and ride has a lot of um population that drinks a lot of bubble tea yes and and, and right in right in meadowbank is where i saw there's a vacuum because there's there's a lot of mates of mine who are like mate mm. we've got to have bubble tea but we've got to go to east which i was like okay you know what? i did all that study and i opened up the shop yeah. and i had we had a massive uh, opening and i was like on the second day i was talking to people for franchising and stuff like that. i was like you know let's let's do this I was getting all my suppliers fixed. I was like, I'm going to go to Taiwan. I'm going to buy five tons of boba. I'm going to make my yeah. factory here. Yeah. But um, then the lockdowns came. Um, yes. And, you know, good old yes. Gladys, she, she, yes. made sure yes. that, she made sure that I ran out of any money that I had. Like, wow. uh, obviously, because when the shop is closed, you've got to pay rent. You've got to pay staff. You've got to, I, I, ha- I hired like four people by this time. Uh, because. Wow. Because I was like, because the shop was doing great, um, yeah, and uh, then everything was closed, and as I was like, oh well, man, what so, am I gonna do now? Yeah, wow. So they're on that. Um, what did we get? We got that government thing to pay our staff each on that, whatever. What was that called? Yeah, we did. Like- ex- we did except. It, it, it wasn't that quick. None of yes, none of the, yes, it didn't come for like help. three months. Yeah, absolutely. Like it was yeah. shut down from March, and we didn't get access till August. Yeah. So there you are, and you're trying to also support this staff. I'm guessing as well, thinking they're exactly. freaking out. You're freaking yeah. out, but you're like feeling this liability and pressure that you've given them jobs. Yeah, exactly. And so then, um, I decided, okay, look maybe just tone down a little bit because this is uh, not the right time to go into retail. Um, I'm massively grateful for all the things that I've learned from, from retail. It has, it has humbled me beyond measure. And so then I was like, okay, now I need to try. And, uh, basically I had a period where I was like very introspective trying to see why I like doing the things I do because now I'm getting a bit older I'm trying to be a little more wiser so mm. Mm. I was sitting and I was reflecting and I did I've done all these bunch of personality tests in my time at corporate and everything that make you go through everything so I was like uh, my biggest trait is that I like analyzing things um yeah. and I'm, I'm I'm an analyzer so at that time, I realized that because at that time I was analyzing LinkedIn quietly without posting because I wanted to do LinkedIn. Um, I don't know. I just like attention or something. <laughs> you know, I was like, yeah. I'm just going to say it. So I was like, because I was always posting. Even when I was in corporate, I was I was posting, oh, okay. but it was okay. but it was po- it was posting with a mask. And, and yes. you, as obviously as a LinkedIn expert, you'd understand it doesn't work because when you post with no. a mask, cause I, I had you know. A, a nice five six thousand dollars suit on or look i'm, I'm yes. a corporate guy and all of that yeah. so uh it, it doesn't but it you didn't... you but you're always doing linkedin like that's kind of fascinating yeah. like you somehow just yeah. want to put even if you're at lunch were you one of those corporate people at lunch like take a photo at lunch and then put it on or did you actually share um the, no, no, no just just because when i was in corporate you know i was yeah. sort of doing that stuff but then whenever i shared any thought leadership um yeah like one time i shared a thought leadership piece on how i think the supermarkets you know un- shouldn't be won't be funded anymore and that was my perspective and because yeah. i just i just felt like there's just not going to be um you know, supermarkets aren't going to do that well, and that was my perspective. And then the Metcash, which is the biggest yeah. um, distributor of supermarkets and everything, called up one of, I think, the CEO of ANZ Bank and said, you know, your credit person's talking shit about oh, supermarket God. lending. And I got a call from a pretty big up going, please uh, take that post down. 
I bet, like I bet. So, yeah. so that's why I just stuck with, yeah. I tried to stick on my lane on just take photos and, yeah. you know, do little bits. But, you know, back then you just post one thing and people would go wild if it was of any thought leadership piece. Like it would go yeah. and blow up like fire. Yeah, they still do like in a lot of conservative corporate cultures, especially banks. Because when I was when I started posting first, the, the, yeah. the first people that I started adding and trying to network with were people yeah. from uh, ComBank because I, I was like, ah, <laughs> oh, I wish I could never get a job at ComBank. I just had this, <laughs> I just had this crazy fantasy in my mind for some reason, which was, right. I just la- laugh at myself when I think about it now <laughs> because it's like it doesn't pay that well. And it's a lot of headache. But anyway, I was like, okay. I wish I could just do, I'll go wipe the floors at Combank because that's what oh I want to do. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and, so then, and so then when I was co- I was connecting with all these people um, and there would, no one would post. I was like, why don't these guys post? Like they got these yeah. amazing jobs, you know, wealth manager, <laughs> something at Combank. You, you must have all these stories. And so then later on when I blew up, I, a lot of people reached out to me from Combank again. I, <laughs> I, I hate, to, hate to name drop, but they're like, "Look, we just can't say anything. We'll get sacked." And not because they tell us like not to say it, but because if we say the wrong thing, just like you're saying, if you you know hit the wrong nerve, then yeah, the the, the, the manager is going to be calling them saying, "Look, oh, why'd you post it that?" Happened, it happened. It happened to me. It, it was, and it was like, "Are you like bludging or something?" But the day I quit my job. The day I quit my job, the next day I flew. Them. I had a flight to Pakistan to go see my yeah. team, and I was at the airport. This is the first time I ever blew up, and I was so liberated. So my first post was like, "I'm leaving this job after seven years. Thank you so much. Love you all." The next day, I'm like at an airport, and I just do a random video <laughs> like like this, you know. And I'm like, "I'm going to Pakistan. I want to see the best talent. I want you guys to reach out to me." And I'm on a flight. So I have no idea I've gone viral, right? I've never been viral <laughs> to that extent. I freaked out because I land in Pakistan and I'm too tired. There's no Wi-Fi at the Lahore airport that I'm going to get on. Yeah, I go to no. sleep. I wake up and I get a team from the HR manager who was working for me in Pakistan and she said, I don't know what to do, but there's 5,000 requests on your <laughs> wow. LinkedIn and and there's like all these people that want jobs and I was like, what? And I go, don't accept them all because I've only got, I think I've only got 10,000 thing that I can accept and I'm freaking out, you know, going, don't yeah. accept everyone. Like God knows what to do. And there's like emails blowing up. But um but yeah, I mean it just showed like how isolating it was in corporate. Like I could have had an opinion yeah. then and I could have actually helped them if we positioned together. But yeah. ANZ Bank was actually promoting to post for general manager level. They were helping them and coaching them to post certain stuff that they were up to. So they knew that it was sort of a good game, but it was just like they wanted to almost control the uh, persona. And I, I've i actually yeah. posted a lot about who really owns your LinkedIn profile because of that experience. Like I didn't blow up on it because I don't know if I'm, I'm messaging it properly and saying the story, but <coughs> I think that you own your own LinkedIn profile and that's something that needs to be negotiated in your contract when you now, yeah. you know, go forward in any job okay. because – yeah, that's my opinion. I completely agree. I mean, it, it's it's 100% your uh, property. And I would even advise people to not negotiate with employers, especially when they're huge, like mm. these big banks, because in that negotiation, the bank will have the upper hand um, because the employee would like to please the employer and they'd be like, mm. you know, maybe you could help me get a promotion if I talk about what my manager says. But the, yes. the 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 problem here is that if you talk about what your manager says, then it's your manager's account. It's not your account. And so I think large companies would really, uh, they do really, they are really struggling in this sense. This is why, you know, these, these smaller companies are a lot more fluid. They let people speak and have this. Uh, culture where you know you can you can be yourself you can say what you want yes. to uh, excel a lot but then again you know it, I, I don't want to be too harsh because I also yes. understand the business of say you know a bank like ANZ or Combank and you know the intricacies that they have to look through you they can't come in so if someone from Combank who's at a high level managerial position comes to me and talks about LinkedIn I would tell them to do the opposite of what I'm doing mm. because again 
I, I'm trying to appeal to a different market. And so for them, it's very understandable, but there is a huge missed opportunity. Actually, so again, we can come back, we go way, way back because they were the first bank I was with. Um, and so they put out a post, a story of, a, I think it was a staff mm. member or a customer or someone. And I commented under it. I'm like, hey guys, you really need to reach out to me because uh, you only got, you have like, I don't know, 15, 20,000 followers. You got like 300 likes on it. If you allowed me to write it, it would actually go viral because, yeah. you, you know, this story can be told in a more LinkedIn friendly way, but they don't understand it. So I think eventually where it's headed is people will, like these big companies will hire consultants to be in-house and explain to them how to do it in a way where they can still, you know, not step on those trip wires, which are so crucial for their business. But yeah, I empathize with them as well, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's hard for them. And I think, you know, that's why I've talked to some people that are working corporate jobs and are using LinkedIn and I've got them to, you know, share their perspective on how they are managing that. Um, so, you know, I had Laura, on there, I had Rosie coming up and, you know, how they're managing that. I think it's super cool. Um, yeah. If you've, I think they're doing it the right way and how they're probably going about that yeah. politically. So when do you, going back to your story, so when do you end up then leaving? Like, so you're doing this tea thing. That's where the story was. Then what? Yeah. Take me now. Okay, so you stop. You have to shut this thing down, it sounds yes. like, no more. Yes, so I'll, I'll, I'll continue the story from that place again. Mm -hmm. So I've now, I left corporate, I started the tea business. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed it, it was the biggest, yeah? Yeah, regret of your, no, no, regret? <laughs> no, not no, really. No, no regret. I, uh, I'm the kind of person that really doesn't regret blowing money. I think I learn a lot from it, uh, maybe because yeah. I, I still feel that I'm, a, like, I'm in my 20s, I can do that. Um, yeah. So, I wouldn't use the word regret, um, but I would. Again, it was a. It was a. My my wife describes it as a slow, painful crash <laughs> because <of> COVID, <laughs> because it was just closed, yeah. and you know we, we didn't know if because uh, the numbers would change depending on how many days you closed, and like we're like, oh, can we do one more day? Can we do one more day? <laughs> and then it's something that's a, that's not in your control, and like your customers are messaging you, oh, we miss you. You should do this. Should do that. <laughs> anyway, so. Oh yeah, so wait, we were at yeah, yeah. we were at the place where you're posting on LinkedIn and the CBA people are now coming in talking to you and we kind of digress there. Yeah. So here you are on LinkedIn doing your analysis no, on no, the no. side of No, no, no. So all the time. So yeah. So I was posting I've been posting on LinkedIn since corporate. Um it right. was again masked posting, you know, mm. suits and mm -hmm. oh look at this article, it's so good and mm. I believe that this <laughs> yeah. is blah blah blah. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Complete opposite of what I do now. So yeah. um, I actually, uh, then I went into my bubble tea business and I was still posting on LinkedIn. I found some am amazing suppliers uh, and I was talking about my business. Look, I'm trying to start yeah. this tea business. I didn't want to become LinkedIn anything because uh, my focus was to get clients for, not clients, but sort of build enough presence on LinkedIn so I can then franchise my uh, tea shop. That was why I was there. So I had a completely different tone, completely different topics, subjects, etc. Then when I stopped the business, that's when I had a, so that's the tea business. That's when I was sitting down with a few mates of mine and I'm just, you know, I'm in this reflective mode trying to figure out what I need to do. And uh, it just occurred to me that my key talent is to, is to analyze. Um, I was about to say focus there, which it really isn't because mm. I can't focus mm. at all. But uh, yeah. analyze. So I was because I was naturally sitting there when I was trying to figure out what I need to do. I was sitting there and I was like, okay, I need to like figure out what to do. And um, I was mm. studying all these LinkedIn profiles. I must have studied like mm. 200 profiles. Uh, and yeah. I was deciphering how, how they became actually yes. um, actually famous or yes. um you know influential um, yes a lot of things I, I discovered now which i didn't know back then but i'm glad i did yeah. it like like you know these people on pods and stuff and how yes. everyone's 99 percent of the people i was analyzing were cheating anyway so I cheated. <laughs> <laughs> but i was i was uh, the thing with me is even when people were cheating i didn't know i didn't, I didn't know any better because someone oh, did no. a pod. yeah no i didn't so right. i was like okay why I still asked myself why do they get this engagement? Why do and so I attributed reasons to it and you know factors and so 
then I decided, okay, I'm going to, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start posting a lot on LinkedIn. And while I do that, because I'm not doing anything like posting on LinkedIn is not a job. So, <laughs> so I was like, mm-hmm. you know what, I'll just, I'll just go back and do security work because I don't want the headache of corporate and, oh, you have to meet this and you have to do that and mm. you have to manage this government client mm. and, you know, mm. they had that problem with that feasibility or whatever. So mm-hmm. I was like, look, I'll just go do a basic security job and I'll um, do LinkedIn from there and see if it works. Because like right now, I can't really invest all my time into LinkedIn because mm. it's not paying me anything. So mm. Um, I went in, I got a security job. I obviously had a lot of security contacts. And so I just called this mm-hmm. guy up and I just got in and I was, I was sitting in a control room or not control room, this, this, this dock type place. Uh, it was this dark, lonely place, just mm-hmm. me making sure no one breaks into the building. Um, yeah. this was a building where, uh, uh I think, um, uh, a lot of, a lot of important people used to live, like not used to actually live. So then, mm-hmm. um, I started posting. And I came, um, uh, now I, I'm, I charted out a whole strategy of how I'm going to do it. And me being the super nerd that I am, I had Excel sheets of who's engaging with me, what's going on. Like I mm. took it as a proper challenge. Um, yeah. And within, within three weeks of doing that, mm. I went viral. Um, again, yeah. viral is relative, but like by viral at, at this time, I mean, like I got about 3000 plus likes and like, it was crazy because I yeah. never got. I, I was like averaging a hundred likes a post, which was yeah. I, at that time I thought super impressive because in my corporate yeah. time I was doing like five likes a post. Love likes. No one yeah, like exactly. No one cared about my yeah. articles. I was so upset. Exactly. <laughs> so and so then I uh, while doing this, I um, started making like I was, all I was thinking at this time was analyzing, analyzing, and then I was sitting with my mate and he goes, "Look, mate, why are you doing my head in?" With all this LinkedIn analysis, why don't you go tell the people on LinkedIn? I think they might care more. <laughs> and so I was like, uh, "You're right." <laughs> what? Wait. What were you posting? What were you posting about on the hundred likes? What were, yeah, were you just talking yeah. about your corporate story, or like you're not talking about LinkedIn at that point and the analysis no, no, you're no. doing? Oh, no, no, so, no, no. Okay. So I, um, I was talking about sort of myself um, because again, I, I've been out of corporate over right. a year you're telling your story. The stage. Exactly. So I was telling my story. Yeah. Uh, I was talking yeah. about my tea business a little bit. And then obviously yeah. when that, when that stopped, then I was trying to talk about myself or lessons I've learned and things I know and, you know, trying to preach people stuff. So after that, yeah. um, I wasn't really talking about LinkedIn per se, because I, I yeah. didn't, I didn't think I knew, uh, I was, I wasn't an expert. Uh, I still don't consider myself an expert. I still consider myself a student of the game. And so yeah. that's what I was, when I was analyzing, I was, I was trying to become an expert. And my it was my mate, um, Bilal, who told me, look, don't, like, don't tell me this because I don't <laughs> care. I'm just sitting here trying to watch Seinfeld. I don't want to listen to, I don't want to listen to LinkedIn. Oh, Shay Rawbottom gets more views because <laughs> she puts random chimes in her videos. Uh, she yeah. does actually random ring bells. Yeah. He's like next yeah. time you watch it, you'll notice. And so yeah. he's like, I don't care, mate. Just go tell someone who does. And so I was like, yeah, well, there's like 850 billion people on LinkedIn that do. So I came in and I'm like, I'm going to sit down. I learned how to edit videos in 24 hours. Um, yeah. I downloaded okay. Premiere Pro and I'm like, ooh, watching wow. 600 YouTube videos. And it was just yeah. like, because I've got an ADHD brain, so if I really yeah. want to do something, that's all I do, and I forget about yeah. forget about everything else. Um, yeah, I'm so, the same. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and so I figured out, okay, look, I can make a decent video um, in uh, like a couple of days. And so I made a uh, viral post analysis video because again, I was anal- analyzing all these viral post videos. Yeah. Um, and I, I quickly figured out that a lot of people really liked it. And by a lot, it didn't go viral or anything, but like it was the first video that got like a hundred likes. And more mm. importantly, what happened that was that because I did video and I did it about popular posts, a lot of people with popular posts who happened to be popular people started yeah. engaging with that because again, I knew that if I talk about viral posts, People will want to be talked about because who doesn't like to be talked about? And so, you know, sort of leverage leverage the community, exactly. which is one of 
But I think I think you're like the same as me. I just want to know why it went viral. I want to know the formula that is not yeah. apparently revealed. And I'm yeah. ex- I think it's exciting to decipher and analyze why. Yeah. Why does you know this person? Why does for me like why does Chris Walker's videos do so well, whereas we're all playing Carousel, but he will not he will not move in to and do the bullshit of oh let's yeah. all play Carousel now and. There's a lot of us we will move like that because we're like, okay, well, that's the format he's pushing. But I'm like, why does he still stick with that format that is not still getting? Why doesn't he come out and do a damn carousel? I mean, I think he's so brand obsessed and I try and, you know, decipher why he – and it's it's his thought. It is the quality of the depthness of that content, mm. I think, at the end. And for you, I think when I looked at yours, it's like the simplicity of being able to probably also follow that pace and really come out and learn, you know, I think – I, and it, it's fascinating to analyze because then you can. So when I put out like the posts like yesterday, and I was like, you know, rounding up people, I was doing that for a week, and I was like, God, I I know there's so much more here. There's so many more people I'm going to yeah. miss, but it's going to get the engagement, and I'm going to get to discover new people. And for me, you know, when you feel that stomach, that butterfly in your stomach before you put it out because you're super excited. I'm sure that was the case for you when you put out that course and you'd like oh, yeah. say it up. It was just oh, like yeah. I already know from the excitement yeah. that I feel. Like I couldn't even yeah. give a shit if I went viral, but I know that this is going to yeah. be something in your heart and yeah. in your stomach. I feel it, you know, and yeah. that's what's so exciting when you can reveal something and you're working on it and you're like, I'm excited. That's exactly. what for me now I've realized more virality. You know, the, the more you feel like that in your um, stomach, it's very high chance that you're going to go viral. So even Absolutely. yesterday when I posted, I actually wrote that in the post. I go, I saw it. Yeah, I saw it. it. I was like, I know. Yeah. I felt it. Yeah. I know it. And yeah. it's funny, but we still put out. And you know, Chris, I'm going to actually do a post about this. Chris Walker in February when he came on, he said, It's that feeling that ex- I, I choose <clears throat> content. I cull content until I'm so excited to pull it out. And that's why I yeah. think he does so well. That's because yeah. for us, we're trying to analyze, oh, did they do this hashtag? Did they do that? Well, yesterday I did no damn hashtags. I've every time I've gone viral, I've done no hashtags. And there's this algorithm that says you'll get thirty percent more exposure if you do hashtags. Or blah it's, blah blah. Okay. It's I'm just gonna <laughs> just a note on algorithm and algorithm reports and again this is not a dig at Richard. Richard's a good friend of mine, but th- any algorithm analysis is at best subjective. And uh, anything that's not peer reviewed, I don't consider it as research. I consider it as marketing. So I'm just going to leave that there because no one really knows how the algorithm works. And only only a genuine person who cares about your LinkedIn growth will actually tell you as an expert that to be honest, Mm. I don't know anything about the algorithm. Everything I know, Mm. people that work at LinkedIn don't know anything about the algorithm. There's, there's a small engineering team and even they don't know everything about the algorithm because the algorithm feeds information back to them as well. And it's a dynamic relationship, but I'll just, I just had to add that in there because I just, I'm, I'm getting very touchy feely about the algorithm these days. That's <laughs> yeah. true. Well, well, cause yeah. I guess the obsession of dissecting also ends up going, I'm going cray, I'm going cray cray here. Like, you know, when you're, di- when you're dissecting and then you're also, we're also getting put, I'm getting like going, no, this person's not got good content and they're putting these likes on and they're then boosting their comments in no way getting the views. If we really yeah. opened them up and said, "Show me your shit," let's yeah. actually have a look at you. Yeah, those you are know, like pod um, peoples. Yeah, pod yeah. people, and like you know, um, okay, like Andy Foot tagged a whole lot of people on my comments, and you know, I'm taking these comments very seriously because I'm hoping that this is going to open up the next lot of people that I don't know, and they're going to guest because it's like you know, I've done this postcard for 12 months, and I want to bring the next level of me next Absolutely. year, and I've got yeah. and. That's so everyone that is tagging, you know, I'm checking that profile out and saying, are they of a caliber? But some of the people that were tagged in a comment, and I was like, oh, wow, they look super cool. They've got 100,000 followers. And then you go look at the quality of the content, and yeah. it's not there. 25 likes. Did, so I actually asked them, I said, look, you've been tagged in my post as someone from a reputable, you know, um, influencer. I'm just checking you out. I, you know, I have to ask you, did you buy your followers? Yeah, yeah. What would they say? 
Anyone say yes? Well, I'm waiting. Well, yeah, I just wrote to them yesterday because, you know, I'd yeah. rather know. Like, because I didn't know why you're not getting your content. Firstly, one of their content was okay and everyone else, if your content's not good, I'm not going to have you on. Like, I don't, I'm not going to go and be like, yes, we really want to know your game. Because massively it's just wanted. fake. It's, it's fine. <laughs> but, you know, of course. But that's, I'm, I'm sick of like seeing I've got, someone's got 100,000 followers. You know, I can go buy those followers too. Yeah. Like, that's yep. not. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, I've it's actually converted real. a, I won't name, but I've converted a few people who were in one of those. Um, so there's, there's, I'm actually doing an, an, uh, an entire video on this and I want to do like good production quality, but yeah. knowing yeah. me, I'll end up doing just me talking to the camera, but it's yeah. no promises, but I'm going to, I want to expose this whole, um, you know, fraudulent behavior. And the reason yeah. I really badly want to do it is because I sit there and I analyze every single letter I put into my content because mm. that's how you get, you know, viral after viral after viral after viral. Mm. Like it's it's not easy. It's hard work. Yeah. I'm not right. I'm not just gonna say, oh look, you know, it's easy or whatever. So you have to analyze a hundred things. For someone like you, you have mm. to analyze who you are you collaborating with, you know, you mm. have to analyze who you're talking about. Again, with your content, you have amazing content. All of that takes effort to produce. Absolutely. And, and, and we do it because obviously we want to increase the sphere of influence that we have because that's what we're here for. Yes. And that, that uh, a part of that is followers. So when someone just comes in and like, oh, you know, I'll pay money and I'll get like 50,000 followers. I know how hard it was for me to get just 50,000 in like six months. Exactly. And, and so I'm not going to respect anyone that does that by paying i can do that too except then i'm really just talking to that but they're not going to engage yeah. with your content if you buy the followers oh, not. that's they're what not. people if, do. and that's and so it's we can find out yeah. if you know we can find out if you're lying about your oh, influence yeah. from the comments you know like yeah i think i think that's i i think i know that okay i know top influencers and i've watched them they might boost to an extent to make set the yes. algorithm off, but the quality of the yes. content is still there. And yes. they're, they're just setting it off because, you know, there's too much shit probably there. I, 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 I feel when I look at some of them that maybe it's not the comments, but maybe they set something off at the beginning of it, especially at the, when the algorithm was like more about what happens in the first one hour. Um, yeah. But they have a level of quality in their content. For me, like they've put in the effort like if I look at Chris Walker stuff, yes, it's quality. If I look at, you know, the effort that Richard's gone to and look at yours, like there's a thought process there. And I sometimes feel embarrassed looking back at myself 12 months ago, the shit I was putting out. And I was like, I just want to get out content, content, content team. Come on. Like I need one a day. And recently I'm like, no, like I want, mm. I've got really core thoughts yeah. and I need, to, I can put that out. And that's the game. Um, and the reason I did that to Slim was because all these other agencies that were doing personal branding, they always come to the table and they were saying, we provide 20 pieces of content to everyone, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, so, that's, this is what you'll get. And I yeah. got like, you know, thinking like I for one piece a week, mm. by the way, for the same price because I thought what I wanted to produce was quality for these pieces that's and right, thought leadership yeah. takes time. And if I'm going to do a carousel and find an angle and – so everyone was probably looking at me going, God, you're so pricey and you only give me one, right? But yeah. I'm not. I'm giving you a piece that's probably it's more yeah. quality to get you to virality. You and I, we connect on this so good because I actually, I really believe in quality over quantity. Quantity, no person in the world can produce a level of quantity that will be exceptional every single time because again it's we're just humans so what yeah. i believe is if if you don't really have something okay maybe not exceptional but if you don't have something great to say it's better if you don't say it and the reason for that is is because i massively respect anyone who reads my content's time and mm, because i exactly. do that that's why they read my content and if I were to start, you know, posting, I can very easily follow a template that, you know, say yeah. like a Justin Welsh template and start mm. writing six different posts a day. I can, it's so easy. All you have to do is, mm. you know, like I can, I can I, as I'm speaking to you, it's rewriting and it's been written in my brain. It's that easy. Mm. But the mm. problem with that is everyone is spewing that and everyone mm. is sick of that. 
And so if you mm-hmm. are to stand out, you need to go the other way. That's why I write completely outrageous posts sometimes. And then sometimes I write completely, you know, normal posts, like you should be nice mm-hmm. and stuff like that, like not too mm-hmm. outrageous. So I have a whole formula. I covered this in my in my course as well about how uh, you need to understand that there's no medium other than reality that can convey your entire personality to someone. So, for example, when I when we were texting, I, I got a feel of what Melanie's like. And then mm. now that we're on a video call, I get a higher level of feel, a different different you know spectrum of understanding of what you what your personality is like. But I I I bet it is still not even fifty percent of when we actually meet because that exactly. it, the only medium that can convey your entire personality is reality. So yeah. The first thing that brings us to is that you need to, number one, get over the fact that you will never be fully understood on LinkedIn or any social media for that matter. But LinkedIn, you won't be. So be ready to be misunderstood a fair bit, especially if you want to have any type of significant impact. Number two is you need to be mindful of the different wavelengths of your personality that you portray. I'll tell you, the biggest problem that I saw with a lot of these big influencers is that they pick one side of their personality. So, for example, someone would pick the topic of kindness and become the kindness advocate and be like, look, be kind, be kind, be kind, be kind. Everything's mm-hmm. kind. Everything, I'm so kind. I'm like Us as human beings, anyone that's done many basic mindset coaching understands that a human being is a complete set of, um, you know, wavelengths. Some days I am a nice person. Some days I'm a bit of an ass. And some days I am polite. Like some days I'm generous. Some days I'm I'm not. And some days I'm happy and some days I'm sad. And so you have to be then very mindful because if you only present the highs, I'm kind, I'm kind, I'm kind, people intuitively know he's full of shit. And if I say, oh, I'm mean, I'm mean, I'm mean, no one will want to talk to you. So I actually very carefully curate the posts that I put out every week to maintain that that person that Regular. it's my theory that that's why I get a lot of engagement like compared to my follower account I get massive engagement because I try to show look I can be upset and if you piss me off I'll be angry because I'm an it, it helps people feel that okay Taz is a human and yeah if it, it, I can be super happy so like if you steal my content I'm gonna call you out you know I'm not just a kind mm. kind kind or oh it's okay just forgive him I'm so pacified yeah. no I'm not like if you're gonna mess with me I'm gonna come at you but if mm. you're not I'm there to support you like I'm a complete human being some days I'm yeah. happy some days I'm cranky some days I'm funny some days I'm super serious and so if you can actually manage that for a personal brand I think the e- effect is 10 times because everyone is focusing on I'm the expert I'm the expert I'm the expert so I make posts saying I don't know anything but I do know something as well Um, and then everyone's like oh I'm so happy I'm so happy I'm so successful so I made a post saying well I was working as a security guard to try and get my um, personal brand off the ground and that got picked up by LinkedIn news so yeah things that you do uh, again you have to maximize the amount of personality you can project through the medium. And so that's just the, one of the best things that I've learned throughout my, my course. I love I, that. I, I love I that. What you're saying is so spot on. And I actually, I think um, after I spoke to Rosie, I woke up the next day because I was like, Rosie was doing selfies and really putting her personal thing in there. And I said, why do you do this? Like, you know, and she, she goes, this is why I do it. You know, I want to empower people who are like, um, feeling down and depressed or suffer from X, this is mm. why I get up. And I actually got, looked at myself and I go, why the fuck am I doing this? Yeah. What am yeah. I doing? Like yeah. am I trying to am I trying to get people to like do personal branding or am I trying to do like I couldn't even believe that I couldn't even articulate myself I know. why I'm doing yeah. this, right? And it, she really put me like I was like, she's telling me what she's doing. She's not even selling anything, right? Yeah. And so I sat there with my team and I said, everything on that content board's gone. Mm. I said that, and so I've done some videos that come out it's, and I was like super down and then I was super excited and I said, you know, I'm going to show all of me next year. Like I am yeah. such a dynamic person. Like I live in Bali half the year. I've got like, you know, people that yeah. actually service me. Like, you know, I've got a maid that's beautiful that, you know, does X, Y, Z. Like my life is pretty cool and I'm just yeah. showing, but I do love talking about 
LinkedIn. Like I do have this obsession with being of able course, to like, like yeah. you. Like it's not that's not a fake part. That was just that's a part of me that I'm constantly looking at and going, oh, that's really interesting, the trend or something like that. Um, so I was looking at my content board and then I actually put it into four columns going, okay, where's the bit about the LinkedIn tips? And there was like, yeah. you know, all my content that I had all went there. And then there was these other pits I wanted to do. Like I want to talk about the future of um, work, the future of artificial intelligence and then what that will do. And I want to talk yeah. about, you know, the future of advertising. What is going to happen when we are in this Web 3.0 and walking around? How will we as in next year. Yeah. You know, like, what are we going to do? Are we are we all going to be same like influencing in the same way? Are we going to have like three D versions of us in there? And and what are you going to do, Tussling? Are you going to be dancing like TikTok dancers in this Web three when people put their glasses on? Yeah, so, no, I can't dance. You know, um, yeah. and the future of work is super in- interesting for me right now. Like, you know, uh, like the talent that's in these other countries, like Pakistan, Philippines, like, and the places like. Australia, you know how super expensive it is to live and hire talent and, you know, and there's these upcoming economies. I'm just like super fascinated to watch how this is going to play out right now in the world. Like is everyone going to end up moving in different places and live in places where it's cheaper or, you know, um, it's I'm just super fascinated by stuff that I never talk about because I'm so into this one topic I got obsessed in, I guess, and then I got I've got a business in it, right? And of course, then yeah. I just thought I just kind of went. Yeah. But now business is like, you know, business comes so easy. I'm like, yeah. I don't even need to do that. It becomes like, a self-reinforcing cycle. Yeah. Yeah, so, you just forget. Yeah. You forget to reset, right? That's right. So, yeah. I- I have the same exact problem and I am basically uh, coming up with the same exact kind of solution. So I, I am, I, I'm launching something probably next week, okay. um, which is, which is something that like, I'm sort of, you know, kind of relying on and then I'll go yeah. from, like, it's part of my strategy. Then I'll go into a more, um, my mission is to yes. change the type of content on LinkedIn altogether. Right. So right. what what I want to do is uh, there's there's people that come on platforms and then they forward the entire platform you know they they, they push it forward uh, so for example for um f- for Facebook before memes it was completely different after mm. memes it was completely different um, mm. and then you know before say like lad bible or stuff like that it, stuff was different and then mm. afterwards it was different so. There's, there's these key people that come in or key pages and then what they do is they change how the platform operates. And so mm. I really want to change it and I have I, I don't want to change it in terms of like selfies or any of that. Like uh, to be mm. honest, uh, I'll tell you this. I actually don't like taking selfies. I'm a very like – yeah, I have I know. a question <laughs> for you. I forgot to ask you. Who takes all your selfies? I haven't even covered. I have to do like a fire shot on you. Who takes all your yeah. selfies? It's written here. Um, <laughs> Myself and uh, if I'm if I can't, then my wife. So it's it's. Oh, it's that's why you had to get married then. That's that's why I had <laughs> you to get married. But, so you had, yeah, so you I, had someone to take your selfies. Yeah, I'm just I'm super um, grateful that I have a very very supporting wife. So she, sometimes she takes selfies and uh, she she tells me, "Can you not? This is getting too cheesy sometimes." <laughs> and so like I'm like, "Oh yeah, look, that's not what I'm trying to do." But personally, that's um. So one of the core pillars I have is that don't fight the wave, ride it, ride the wave. And like, I, you know, people tell me and I tell them, look, I'm, I'm, I'm Australian. I like surfing it. I don't like yeah. fighting it. I don't want to get washed out. Yeah. And so um, when selfies were working, I was doing four or five selfies a, a week. And when, when uh, carousels are working better, I am doing more carousels. I do whatever works. Um, mm. but at the same time, I also do everything else. So while I'm doing this, I'm also doing yeah. videos. I still have yes. more videos than any carousel guy or any selfie guy. Um, yeah. and, and at the same time, when selfies were working, I was doing carousels before Sam Brown even existed. So, you know, yes, just, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> no offense. No, there, I mean, but, same. Yeah. I mean, same. I was doing carousels when carousels were not hot, like literally five exactly. months ago. And then they become like the hottest thing ever. And I've yeah. hired like a whole video team. Exactly. But now I'm like, I don't give a shit because I there's different ways to communicate. And I can't just go for the views because you feel differently with each other on this 
video how we are doing right Absolutely. now. Yeah. And so, the key is to not be a one-trick pony. You need to be able to uh, – I like you for this a lot because you do some awesome videos and then you also do uh, – you've, you've had some great posts, text with picture, and you also yeah. have some great carousels. So this is why I vibe with you on that level because, like, mm -hmm. I like doing everything. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm ready. I'm waiting. If there's if video comes, I'll do that too. I know. Yeah. Yeah, and, no. And, same. And what, exactly. I want video to come very much though because yeah, it won't I, will, I love. I, but but, yeah. it, but what? Because I, why do you think LinkedIn doesn't like it? It's not. It's not going to come anytime soon. It's not. It's. A, it's very obvious to me, and I've done a lot of thinking about this. Is that the suppression of video is a very key strategic decision for LinkedIn. The reason for that is is that if they at the moment promote more video or say reels or short form content at the same level that Instagram or TikTok or even close to that levels, then they directly start competing with them, which then brings all of that a great content create creating um, class over here. over here and silences right. everyone else that's corporate. Well, I asked Chris as well um, why videos are not happening and he thinks because these guys want you to keep scrolling so they can give more impressions to you and videos, once you consume for like 30 seconds, 40 seconds, you leave the platform. That was his diagnosis of it. But yeah. I think yours makes sense that they yeah. would have to then, that by giving videos and vertical videos options, we could then cross-platform cross Promote yes, right. and we could yeah. go we could go multi as much more quicker whereas yeah. i can't go multi as quickly because i can't use the same exact that's right content pieces yeah. even the content pieces i do in video i've tried the multi i have to do completely different right. cuts yeah. over there in tiktok yeah. but it's not about us going multi it's about the tiktok people coming here because if the tiktok uh, people come here then the entire customer base that linkedin has at the moment and the entire creator changes community that it's fostering it changes it changes yeah they want to keep it intellectual. They want to keep it intellectual. They exactly. want to keep it that. And it's, you know, what's happening. It's funny on um, LinkedIn ads, because I covered that really well, and I should talk about that more. Videos are the cheapest form yeah. of CPM over there, though. So they're allowing you on that's an right. ad basis to buy. That's the best format to buy, yeah. at the, you know, cold layer. Like no one knows your brand introduced by video. It's cheap if you've yeah. got a good video. But mm. and, do you know what's so funny? Carousels yeah. are the most expensive. Yeah, because it's so saturated right now. Uh, and, you know, and to the point of Chris that you mentioned earlier, I don't think it's because it stops the scroll because, to be honest, carousels keep you for a longer time than most videos. That's what I, I mean. Yeah. I know. I think he was – I don't know. I mean, everyone was trying to diagnose sure. why this video – Thing. So with your selfies, so you do you take them like once, like a week, and have um a, a, a you know an yeah, album yeah, yeah, full yeah, of yeah. that, and then uh, just use the one that you feel is the best for the post. Sorry, I just so, want to make sure I cover the details of yeah. your strategy. <laughs> so, so um, uh, the, the out of the entire LinkedIn thing experience, the hardest thing I find is taking the selfies because it's just such a. I'll, I'll be honest, it's a bit of a narcissistic process. So, <laughs> so. Uh, uh, I do have a folder, of course. I have a, I have a file. Um, I take them whenever I'm feeling myself. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the yeah. best answer. Um, when the lighting is good and stuff like that, because I mean, are was, you it, using any Instagram filters to help? No, no, with I any of your photos, yeah, none. Okay, I, I, I have never in my pictures used a single filter. I have, oh. however, used the only filter I have used is sometimes I make I change the color of my clothes. Um, and, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. So, okay, that's smart. Yeah, but that's, that's smart. on my in Samsung Adobe. phone. Yeah. No, 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 no. Got I it. do it on my Samsung phone. I have never edited any of my pictures. Oh, okay. Any, yeah. Okay, so you just put it and put it in the folder and then when you're posting, you'll yeah. pick one that resonates with that particular situation. How often do you shoot yourself? Uh, just any time once that you're... a week. Okay. Got I have it. a life um, and a wife. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's It's... You've done it. I mean, you're the one of the only males, I would say, <laughs> that has been able to do it. And, you know, like, of course, females are doing it a lot more. Yeah, but, you yeah. know, you're the only sort of yeah. male figure that I've come across that's really yeah. owned it. And yeah. I think it's fascinating. So I just want to, you know, share notes and make sure like what's um, – because I love doing – now like my friend taught me this Instagram filter. It's called natural, right? You put it on. Mm -hmm. I don't even have to put makeup on anymore. It just kind of, you know, gives the everything that's going yeah. on. So I'm like, this is like amazing. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't even need a video editor, I reckon, anymore because I just put that the lighting's perfect, and then just put the um, Instagram auto caption, and wow. those videos are doing 
those videos are doing better than Adobe um, caption yeah, yeah. auto. Yeah, Premiere so Pro, yeah. Premiere mm. Pro caption, it's like it's actually crapper. But I, I wow. don't know if you've used CapCut, but apparently that's know. really uh, – I heard that's yeah. really good too. I know, but, but like – Real people that know video editing use Pro Premiere Pro. I, we don't. Well, that's 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 what my my video editors have used. But it's funny that my videos that are like from the Instagram auto transcription does better. Yeah. It's like these. It's because I guess LinkedIn people have never seen this. It's like, oh my god, like why is it moving in like that? Like it's super cool. Yeah. Um. Cool. So, what's your? I guess we didn't. I want to get into your content process quickly mm-hmm. about. Yeah. So is there like, you know, I shared mine with you earlier, like I've got four pillars that I'm now going to go in with. Like, is that, you know, is that something like how you think about stuff and how, when you reset, like, what do you want to bring to the community? Who, how do you, what's your, yeah. you know, core questions before yeah. you go in and set your content plan? Yeah. So I do have obviously a few content pillars. Uh, they revolve around the hashtags on my profile because those are the things I talk about, but I don't limit myself. I don't apply too many filters onto one piece of content ever because I think that hinders creativity. But I do apply a lot of filters to the broader picture. So over five pieces of content, you would see that there's if you if you pick up five, 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 five and you analyze yeah. this, yeah. I don't know why no one's done this yet, but they, they mm-hmm. would start noticing, okay, there's patterns. Some mm-hmm. days he's pissed, some days he's, and that goes back to the personality Babelin concept that yes. I talk about. So my main yes. core at the moment is to make sure that I can portray that in the best way possible because that creates more connection. So that's what I do at the moment. Do you, so uh, recently for me, I've realized that the best questions expose, you know, best questions, if you ask yourself or you ask a client, gets the, mm. gets the viral content. So my obsession has become with questions now, okay? Like yeah, I'm it. looking for a research team with questions. What questions do you ask yourself, yeah. you know, regularly when you are producing those yeah. pieces? The first question I always ask myself is would I stop for this? Um, and that's the most brutal one because – I have so I have I have a, a notepad on my phone. I use Evernote, so um, I think I might have maybe two hundred pieces that I've written, and then there's seven hundred pieces that I've discarded because I know I won't stop for this. And and so as a content creator, I think it's more important to know what not to put out than what to put out, <laughs> because if you can filter out the things that you know will not resonate, then everything else that's remainder, it's just basic physics, will resonate. So. The first question, the biggest question is, will I read this or be, mm. what, you know, do I will care about Will I stop for this? this? Exactly, yeah. yeah. And I do that with complete, complete um, apathy. Like I don't, I don't, like I will read the first line. I'd be like, no, this is crap. I would never yeah. stop for this. And then uh, people stop at the hook. And I, it really annoys me when people say the hook is the most important part of your content. It really isn't because, for example, Melanie has the choice to start scrolling up even after reading three lines. Every mm. line is a hook. Like people mm. need to realize yes. that because if, yeah. if I've read three lines and you've kept my interest and at the fourth line, you've suddenly, you know, repeated what you said in the third line, I'm out of here. Like I'm, yeah. not, I'm not, I don't have time yes, for exactly. this. And, and it could exactly. be my best friend. Like I tell it yeah. to them, it, it, it could be Rosie. I'd be like, no, Rosie, yeah. I'm not reading this, you know? Yes. So um, that's the most brutal thing when I'm, when I'm editing. I'm very brutal with what I'm saying. And I, I, the biggest problems I see on LinkedIn, if you scroll the feed right now, you'll see people come up, people's process is the opposite. They say, look, this is the point I want to make. And then they write 10 lines to make that point. The problem with that is, if you write 10 lines to make that point, you're bound to repeat what you're saying. Exactly. So I would see posts like, burnout is a bad thing. When you work too many hours, it's bad. When you have, <laughs> after 18 <laughs> hours, you need a break. Two hours of sleep is not enough. All six of those lines are saying the same thing. So yeah. you really need to understand that anyone that will read your content, if they're not taken through a journey of emotions yes. or knowledge which again if you pass on great knowledge there's emotions yes. that resonate from it so it all comes back to if they're not going to be taken through a journey you're wasting your and their time don't do it absolutely i i love that i mean i resonate with that's a great question to put out there before you put out content powerful so 
um, you've given me so much dopamine in this conversation. <laughs> you know, you've really, I'm so pleased that we got introduced. I can't believe I wasn't actually aware of you. Um, my EA actually found you about two weeks ago when I first reached out to you and she said, you know, this, you got to see Tusleen. And I was like, okay. She's like, yeah, he's in Sydney. And I was like, no way. And then I yeah. came across and, um, and then what was so funny was we hadn't met yet. And then I put out my post yesterday and, you know, your whole fan base came yeah. at me going, Was that, was that the most tag person? <laughs> just, yeah. Like okay. it was just like crazy going, so I was almost going to say, well, why don't you guys all come down to the podcast and, you know, support your God? But, you know, I was like, no. this is, it might be too controversial there. So I, yeah. I kept that. Um, but I've just had such a super fun time um, in, you know, finding out about your journey because I didn't know it all. And um, thank you for so candidly sharing. I'm really looking forward to continuing this relationship and doing more stuff together because um, you're just super yeah. cool. Thank you. No, thank you so much. You, you. Okay, the coolness started with you because, again, I'm, I'm going to apologize for what happened last time because if it weren't for your patience, this meeting wouldn't happen anyway. So <laughs> thank you so much. And, uh, I apologize. Again, I'm no god. I'm just another you know, <laughs> trying to figure this stuff out. Um, I can talk about how to build a fan base as well because I, I, I did that very strategically as well. And now I do have, I mean, thank God and uh, all these people, I can't thank them enough, is that Every time like someone talks about the top people, they automatically go in, uh, and I'm like, yes, let's do it, homie. Like go yeah. in there. Yeah. So it's a it's a journey, but it's all a process, and like that's also why I did the it did, I did the course, which blew my mind, and I ended up like in five thousand uh, enrollments in less than two weeks. Uh, I was like, I, I was like, what? It took Justin Welsh three years to get to six and a half, seven thousand. And I'm like, sure, I understand he's his is paid, but yeah. The, the, the value, the level of trust you build is actually higher when you do it for free uh, against when you do it paid. Because if I am to do a paid product, I would be super critical of it. Um, and, and and that actually diminishes trust. That's why course sellers have a lot of churn. So you'll see, you'll have someone that's selling courses at 300,000 followers and they yeah. can't get, they struggle to get a thousand likes is because the first batches now, they figured out that your course didn't really help them as much as you marketed it because you always have to market Absolutely. it. Yeah. And so that's why that's a big gap. I studied and looked into it. I'm like, okay, if I really want to build the army of people out there that can, you know, rep me when I'm asleep, what do I do? So one of the things was that, and surprisingly about 200 people made posts about that course. And I never asked a single person to do it. Not exactly. one. Exactly. It was exactly. just mind blowing. It was just the most humbling. Well, we might need ever. to we might yeah. need to do a, a part two or an event <laughs> yeah. where we can hear how you built your fan base, you know, and the secrets behind that. But yeah. thank you so much, and um, I look forward to staying connected. You are listening to Innovative Minds.